Hi, this is Alex Tagliani, NASCAR Pinty Series driver. You're tuned in from the track to the community on Wide World of Motorsports, the number one motorsport show in the community. Listeners from around the world, this is the Wide World of Motorsports podcast, bringing you the news from the track to your community. You can check out past episodes on demand at YouTube, and starting this season, our podcasts are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search up the Wide World of Motorsports or the WWOMS. You can also check us out on other forms of social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at the WWOMS. We are starting a new series on our Facebook page called the Wide World of Border Sports Esports Team on iRacing. Every couple of days during the week, we'll go on to iRacing's official lobbies to face the chumps. Not only that, we are in a couple of different leagues, so make sure you check that out. If you like what you hear on today's broadcasts, or if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or complaints, and if you are interested in airing our podcast on your radio station or website, send us an email at wideworldofmotorsports at gmail.com. Now it's time to get into the wide world of motorsports. Today's episode is recorded for the week of August 23rd, 2020. On today's show, we'll be discussing more of the NASCAR Pinty Series opening weekend at Sunset Speedway, and we will have Trayton Lapsovich on the line today. We will get to that interview in a couple of minutes, and... Following our interview with Trayton, we will have a recap of the Indy 500 and the IMSA race at Virginia International. Then we'll get to predictions for this weekend's races in Daytona as NASCAR wraps up the regular season. Now, first up, we're going to be talking about Trayton Lapsovich in his series debut in the NASCAR Pinty Series, even though it wasn't as originally as planned, Trayton Lapsovich ended up coming to the NASCAR Pinty Series with a unique opportunity filling in for Alex Tagliani of 22 Racing. Trayton had a couple of pretty big sponsors for his series debut in the NASCAR Pinty Series with Quickwick and Rona as sponsors backing the number 18 car. Lapsovich drew a 7th place starting position and he also proved himself as being one of the fastest cars on the track. At the drop of the green flag, he immediately was one of the toughest competitors on the track. Drayton had a solid day at sunset. He had two top five finishes, and we have him here on the show. I'm here with Trayton Lapsovich, NASCAR Pinty Series driver and APC United Late Model Series driver. He is on the line. Trayton. Introduce yourself to our audience. 
Hey James, I'm uh, I'm Trayton Lapsvich, uh, 16 years old from Grimsby, Ontario, and uh, yeah, I've been driving in the NASCAR Pinty Series and the APC Nathan Late Mall Series. That must be pretty cool for uh, a kiddo your age. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've been I've been doing it since I was I was pretty young now, so um, I've just been gaining experience. Um, sometimes it's a little intimidating, but but for the most part, it's uh, learn a lot. So you got a famous racing family locally, at least here in Canada, in Ontario. Tell us a little bit about your racing background and some of those beginnings that you had. Yeah, so my, my grandfather raced, and then my dad raced, uh, uncle raced. I think, I'm pretty sure my dad's uncle raced too. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's running the family, and then that got passed down to me and my brother. And so I've had a lot of people to look on, like uh, to lean on for advice, and, and that's been really good. Especially considering your brother is a NASCAR 50 Series champion. That was a couple years ago. I'm sure you've had a lot of advice from him recently. He had he had a lot to tell me when um, when it was announced that I was running tags ride there. I bet. So you grew up around this sort of thing. So how was it like getting into racing and your first time in a race car? Uh, I started I started racing when I was about. Well, I started practicing when I was four and a half in quarter midgets. We we did that down in the states. I did that till I was about 10 or so and then uh, I moved on to the mini stock division at Sunset Speedway and that was really my first time in a full-size stock car. It, it was definitely a new experience but but like I said I had my uh, I had my dad and my brother and, and they were giving me a lot of advice and it was pretty much a learning curve. I, I think I did about 200 something laps before I even saw like an actual race. It was just pretty much practice at that time. There's probably a lot of different kind of input coming from each members of your family do you got kind of got like all the same info or you got something different from each family member my uncle and my dad they're they're pretty different because my uncle was more of an oval driver and my, my dad was he was really good on the road courses but he was also pretty good on the ovals too so mm -hmm. they have two different driving styles so it's um their their advice is a little different my dad's more conservative uh, and but my brother's pretty uh He's pretty comparable to my uncle. So there's a lot to learn, and even from maybe some other drivers that you guys are hanging out with, too. I bet they would have some input as well. Scott Stackley, uh, he helped me out a lot. He was the owner of the team that I drove for, so he, he gave me a lot of input, too. And, and we talked a lot about the handling of the car on the day of the race. Right. Yeah, I bet you got a lot of great info and great insight. I have you on my iRacing friends list, so I'm familiar with you being on iRacing, and I at least see you on maybe once or twice a week. When did you start going on iRacing, and what does that have to do with being able to help you on the track in real life? I think we started iRacing in about 2015. Caden and I, we got it for Christmas, and, nice. and since then, it's, been a, it's just been a good tool to use, especially on the off-season, and it's it, it's nice to race with new drivers. I do a lot of racing with like uh, with Derek Krause, Ty Majeski, and, and guys like that, cool. and it's also nice to get familiar with different cars and different tracks. Uh, because we, we only have so many tracks available to us here in Canada though, that we can actually drive life. So getting experience on like the mile and a half and the two mile tracks, that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah, like, like I said, I see you on once in a while, not all the time, but I see you on every now and then. And what is some of the stuff that you like to do specifically? Are you in any leagues or, or do you have any sort of a side schedule almost set up? I, I don't do many leagues just because I'm not really sure when I'm going to be on just yeah. with Especially during race season, like in the winter, it's a lot easier because I, I pretty much have all the time available to me that I want. No, I, I usually do a lot of racing and like the the official super late model stuff and the the street stock stuff and the Arca stuff. Um, more short track, definitely. What's your uh, I rating and your, or your oval license? I'm an A class, and I think I'm uh, okay. 69 I rating. So 
Okay, so that's probably how I've ended up seeing you in the odd official lobby rates because I have a B oval license, so I, I may have caught you in the odd one. That's pretty cool. Hopefully, we could get you. Uh, we can get you in a couple of races. We have some friends that run some leagues. So that, that'd be real cool, actually. Get you in on that if you're available. We saw you in in the beginning of the season. There was the off time. There was that special race that uh, I believe Adam Ross and a few other people put together. It was uh, in lieu of the Victoria Day weekend. What was that like? Well, we go to so my house is it's only two minutes away from my grandma's house, but but my house re- is really um, we got a ton of trees. We're we're pretty much in the middle of nowhere, really. Right. So the internet connection at my grandma's house is a lot better and. And Caden was trying to iRace at our house, and I've always just been at my grandma's house, but that wasn't working for him. For So uh, just like a bit before the race, he moved his iRacing stuff into my grandma's basement with me. So when we were doing that race, we were just a couple feet away from each other, which was which is oh, pretty okay. fun. Now that, that would have been interesting. Yeah, because we were yelling at each other through <laughs> like the speak app and in real life, too. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't any like intense sort of fight after. Do you guys have any uh, scuffle after, or you were peaceful? No, well, uh, when we were running second and third at the end there, and I was right on his bumper, I, I was, I thought I was a little bit faster than him, so I was going to make a move, but he was yelling at me not to wreck him, <laughs> just finish second and third, so I was fine with that. You just kick him or something like that from wherever you're sitting while he's racing? Well, I won't mess with Caden. <laughs> so yeah, don't mess with older brothers. I got a younger brother, so I get that. He's a lot bigger than me, and I've been figuring that out. <laughs> So that, that kind of started off everything for a lot of Canadian race fans because obviously of the pandemic and whatnot. And it was cool to be able to see a, a race, even though it was a virtual race, it was cool to be able to see it on TV. Then take us through the next couple of months up until when you found out you're going to be subbing in for tags. What was that like? It was kind of boring for a couple of months there mm-hmm. with the uh, all the COVID stuff. We weren't doing any racing. And then we had the race there at Flambro. I'm pretty sure that was at, it was either at the end of June or July. I think it was end of July. Yep. Yeah, we did that race. And then uh, about another month later, uh, my dad got a call from Scott and he told us about the situation with Tag driving the truck, the truck ride and all that. And it was a, it was a really good opportunity for me. It came with the backing of uh, Rona and Quickwick. And it was, it was, I was in a good ride at a track that I'm really familiar with, so I, I was really excited. Yeah, it must be pretty cool to have a couple of big-named sponsors backing you, especially for a rookie. What does that mean to you? It's I'm really thankful for all the support. Um, we've, we've really struggled with sponsors in the past, so uh, to get the backing for that race was really exciting. And especially filling in for Alex Tagliani. I mean, this is a driver that's, you know, he's he's world-renowned. And not only that, the team that you're racing for has got some great caliber. So tell us a little bit about what were the steps for you? Well, at the start of, at the, start of the season, I, no one ever could have told me that I was going to make my Pinty's debut filling in for Alex Tagliani and uh, driving for Scott Steckley. So that was pretty cool. Like, obviously, I've been around Pinty's for, for a while, just watching mm-hmm. my brother and my dad and my uncle and stuff like that. And, and I've watched Scott race a, a lot, and I've watched Alex race a lot, and I I know how uh, how notable they are. Scott's I, I'm pretty sure he's a four time champion or something like that in the Pintish series, and he's had a lot of success. So just like getting to talk to him and hearing his advice was uh, it, it it definitely helped my confidence a little, and it was it was really interesting. And. For your race at Sunset, uh, there was quite the interesting race. I saw a little bit of of it on TV as well. There was a lot of contact between some drivers during that race. What was it like just sitting in in the the field there and and you're working your way up? 
I was pretty surprised, really, because the, the, I expected the first race to go kind of calm because everyone knew they had to save their equipment to run a second race. And it was kind of like switched around. The first race was really rough. And the second race was pretty calm with just the one caution. But uh, mm-hmm. it was definitely something different. I'm not sure that I've ever got roughed up like that in a race car before. <laughs> it was almost like a boxing match the first race. But luckily, we were there at the end and, and still able to grab a pretty decent finish. So you finished in that race second. So you're driving at one point. It was a green-white checkered. And I end up seeing the 74 and the three touch. What is it like being a couple rows back watching all that stuff and then seeing LP kind of get up there? I, I could have guessed something was going to happen. So I, I just tried my best to put myself in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I wanted to get to the outside because that's where I worked best. Uh, I could pass the best, and I really had the most room to work with up there. Um, after watching the broadcast on TV, I, I really wish I would have pushed it a little harder in turn three and four because I, I was pretty close to grabbing the win there. It's just a matter of if I would have had the advantage on LP coming out of the corner, it, right. it would have made not able to squeeze me in the wall and just kill my momentum like that. But uh, I was just it was just just that need to push a little harder. But at that point, I really didn't know I was in fifth place. I, I didn't know I was going to have a shot to win like that. I was really just trying to avoid the carnage to make sure we had a car. Right. Yeah, totally understandable. And as you said there, that the second race, it was a bit more calm. So everyone's saving their stuff. Some of them didn't. What was it like in the second race? The second race, I, I started third. So I really wanted to get out and lead some laps because I thought that's what I struggled in the first race is I waited too long to try and uh, to try and get going. And at that point, the, the tires were so worn out and the cars were getting pretty hard to drive that it was just so hard to pass. So uh, I tried to make my moves when the car was still fresh and the tires were still fresh. And, and that, that paid off for a bit. But then uh, I really just fell off after 60 or 70 laps. And I think that had a, something to do with the combination of me not knowing how I needed the car set up for the long run because I just wasn't sure what I was looking for in the car during practice, which which I struggled to communicate. And then the other part is just me getting used to the heavier car and the, the different suspension and just how hard it abuses the tires compared to like a late model. Right. All these things you're just also learning in a sense as well with the Pinty Series car. Yeah, it, it's 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 a new thing to get used to, especially because we, we did one test, but it was mainly just pretty short runs because in the tests we're not usually going to go mm-hmm. for 80 laps see what the car is going to do it's just not what we how we wouldn't want to spend our time so it's those race laps that i really needed and i i think with the experience i took from that sunset weekend i could definitely use it to to finish better and the maybe next year whenever we decide to do more of those races yeah so what is next for you you probably definitely put yourself on the map for some people with your performances there at sunset so what, what is next um i'm not completely sure on that one hopefully we can we can put a full deal together in the pinty series next year and uh, i'm sure you'll see me in the apc united late model series still I'm, I'm still trying to get that first win there i've come so close and uh i'm pretty much determined not to leave that series until i, I grab the win the, the competition okay. just so stiff there. we race again at flambro in uh, about two and a half weeks i think it is and then I think it's another two weeks until we race at Jocasta for a twin 75-lap race, and then that's the end of the season. It was just uh, it was a quick four-weekend schedule with uh, the five events because of the twin races at Jocasta. And, uh, I think they're, they're still crowning a champion for it, and, and we're still pretty much in the points. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, it's definitely interesting talking to someone. You're, you're going to be your youngest guest ever on the show. And uh, not only that, we've we've also had your brother on the show. And, and I hope certainly that years down the road, at some point, 
you're you're going to end up being like an old man, and I hope we're still interviewing you because you are quite the driver, young man. Thank you. Uh, it is it is definitely exciting to watch you race. I'm uh, I'm 27, so I'm a bit older, but I also have a feeling of you know I like that the youth movement. I like seeing young guys almost show the, show up the old guys kind of thing. And and that's <laughs> what do you feel like about that kind of uh, you know you're finishing better than some of these series veterans. Well, it uh, it, like when I started in May stocks and that it was it was kind of intimidating at first because mm-hmm. I, I got into the series and I was kind of winning pretty quickly and and it was all against people that were way older than me so uh, it it was different uh, I, I, I received like back then I received some hateful comments about it but uh, it's kind of the thing now there's the youth is kind of taken over and and it's shown like in the higher ranks of NASCAR too. Right, and now we're we're seeing a lot more younger drivers coming up through the ranks. So you being a part of that, maybe even showing some other younger guys the ropes. I think I think just in Canada, especially, they're starting to get a lot of younger getting into the series. And I know that wasn't around many uh, many years ago. So it's really cool to see all the all the like. I'm no longer the youngest by that far anymore. There's other drivers mm-hmm. like Jake Sheridan in the late model series and that that are are all pretty close in age to me. So that's a lot of fun. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, and I bet you you're going to school and stuff and telling all your friends, <laughs> hey, I got to go do a race this weekend. I bet that I bet they think that's pretty cool, too. So shout out to, remember- shout out to them. <laughs> <laughs> Grimsby Secondary School. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So quick predictions for Daytona. I'm, I'm guessing you watch the trucks Xfinity in the Cup. Yeah. I I'm, I stay along with it as much as I can. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what? What? Who are your just couple favorite drivers and a, and a couple predictions for this weekend? Well, my favorite drivers would probably be uh, Martin Truex is definitely one of them, okay. and uh, Toyota. I like it too. But I, I think for this weekend in the Cup Series, I think it's probably going to be Denny Hamlin winning. Mm-hmm. I just know that I've seen that they've had their stuff really figured out with like the no practice and the no qualifying. And he's definitely a good plate driver too. So I think he'll definitely be a big factor and maybe Martin Truex too. Yeah, it does definitely seem like JGR does have a a good team this year. And even though Kyle Busch, he's had a little bit of a weird year, but they're still doing good. So yeah, it's going to definitely be a force to be reckoned with this weekend. I definitely agree with that. Um, All right, uh, Trayton, I appreciate it. It uh, means a lot to us to be able to give us some time out of, uh, you know, I'm guessing you're going to be going to school soon. This is the last of your summer, so my it. My school has to stop, but... Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, I took I took two summer classes, so that's it's just been keeping me pretty busy without doing a ton of racing this summer. So that was... It was, it was a good move, and I'm sure it'll pay off. So it's good. Education is important for sure. Do you want to plug any sponsors or anybody? Shout out to anybody? I, I got to give a big shout out to Ace Services. Uh... Austin and Karen there have been have been giving me a lot of support in the late model stuff and they've they supported me and my brother for for a long time now so just a big thanks to them and yeah I couldn't do without them once again thank you very much for giving us your time today Trayton I really appreciate it no problem great interview yes always good to have the race car driver on the show and good to have an upcoming talent like Trayton once again another thanks for Trayton now we're going on to this past weekend in Dover and it was an all right weekend did not watch a hundred percent of the race for all races except for the truck race I watched a good chunk of that Saint Smith he won that race getting his second winner of his season and 50k in the bank 
And then it went on to the Xfinity race, where Justin Allgaier won at the Monster Mile. And then Cup race, Denny Hamlin won that race, a track that he considered himself not very good at. He also ran 1-2-3 with JGR, Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch in the top three of that race. Good finish for them. And then going into the Sunday race, there was a another doubleheader for the Xfinity Series. Chase Briscoe wins the second Xfinity Series race of the doubleheader at Dover. It was his eighth win in the Xfinity Series. Going on to the Cup, Kevin Harvick, he won that race, tying with Kyle Busch at 56 wins. And both races that I did not watch much of, even though, you know, we saw Martin Truex Jr. finishing second for his second consecutive race, and Jimmy Johnson was third, followed by William Byron and Alex Bowman. Tight playoff race going on into the final race of the season. Yeah, I didn't watch much of the races this weekend either. I've never really enjoyed Dover too much, and then having a doubleheader, it's just kind of... It's a lot of racing. Yeah, a lot of people even maybe even saving their cars for that second race. Some people had to take some cars off of their truck. So yeah, definitely hard for the drivers too, not only the fans. It was an okay race, though. I definitely will be more into this weekend's race when they go to Daytona to wrap up the season. Obviously, with Kevin Harvick winning the regular season title during the Dover race, he'll be going into Daytona as the second best winning odds of 10 to 1, Denny Hamlin 6 to 1, and not only that, he'll be leading the field to the green flag for that race. So, a couple of drivers there, and then a couple of drivers I'd like to mention Matt DiBenedetto and Jamie Johnson racing to get into the playoffs. That, that's what we're looking forward to, Daytona, this weekend. What do you think? I have two scenarios. I think either one of the big two, either Harvick or Hamlin, I'm choosing Hamlin to win, or either a wild card like Newman might win, just because for the story, I think that'll be cool. And then Bubba Wallace has shown to be very good at play tracks, so I think it might be one of those two as a wild card. Yeah, who knows what we're going to see this weekend. It's going to be very interesting to try to see Jimmy Johnson make his way. I think he's sitting like just a few points in the cutoff. But we're going to obviously, yeah, we're going to need to see a really solid performance out of him. Pretty sure he's going to have to finish better than at least, as I mentioned, uh, Matt DiBenedetto. He's going to have to finish better than William Byron. And those are going to be some drivers that he's going to have to either team up with or he's going to have to go one-on-one with. I personally think Jimmy Johnson will make it in. I don't think William Byron has a chance to finish the race personally. He's had some pretty bad luck at Daytona in the Cup Series at least. So I think Jimmy Johnson will make it in just fine. Well, who knows what we're going to see for the cut race for Daytona this weekend. Uh, there's also going to be a truck in Xfinity Series race, which I'm not I'm not entirely sure what's going to go down there. Just going to have to watch it. For IndyCar and IMSA, we got Mike here. Uh, let's, let's talk Indy and IMSA here. Yeah, this weekend we had uh, IMSA on Saturday at VIR, GT Challenge there. And we had the Indy 500, which is always... A spectacle, right? The tracks just has so much history and so much lore. And um, uh, for me personally, I can't wait to watch that race. It's, it's, you know, you hear lots of complaints about the cars and what they look like and whatnot, but, and, and that people aren't making their cars like they used to, but, you know, Indy's Indy. And this year they were going fast and it was a good race this year. Yes, it was a good race. I, I thought it was pretty good compared to some of the last couple of years, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I don't I don't disagree with that. That sometimes it can be kind of boring, and sometimes it's 
um, you hit that middle stint of the race where nothing's really happening. But this year, I think, provided a lot of action. You know, this was a, not a good year for rookies. I mean, Pato Award, he finished uh, sixth. He got uh, MVP or rookie or whatever it is for the yeah. <laughs> indie. I forget what they call it, rookie of the year or rookie of the race. Um, but other than that, I mean, we had um, Alex Palau, Palau into the wall at turn two. Yeah, that was, that was a hard lick. Yeah, it was a hard one. And Oliver Askew actually had a really bad one coming out of turn four. I, he got caught up in Connor Daly's spin. And you see him just from the shot looking down the straightaway, he just cuts right across the track and impacts the, the wall pretty hard. Thank goodness for a safer barrier. He seemed mm-hmm. a little rattled, but he got out. And, um, you know, it was... It should have been Scott Dixon's race this year. He led the most laps. He was dominant from the green flag. Mm-hmm. Um, I was if there was another restart at the end, he probably would have had him. I think he would have had him. Yeah, yeah he definitely would have. And, um, you know, Takuma took the lead with, I forget, it was six laps to go or something, which is usually a little early, right? You at Indy, you don't want to be leading with two laps to go. Mm-hmm. Usually it's like a two-lap run, right? You Right. Two laps to go, you pass the guy, and then usually you just you break away that enough. But then uh, Spencer Piggott had that massive crash into the abutment at the pit inn and uh, ended up going to the hospital. I'm surprised they didn't red flag the race and try to get them to finish under green. You know, nobody likes to watch a race finish under caution. Um, I have a feeling that if they would have red flagged the race, the cars would have been stopped. Who knows how long it would have taken to clean up. And then they would have got them going. You know, they would have been down to maybe two laps to go. And, you know, Indy mm-hmm. 500, two laps to go, green flag, and everyone's tires are cool. And everybody's, you know, maybe not on the edge like they would be normally in the race. And maybe they just thought, yeah, it's not a safe idea right now to do that. So, right. So we under, ended under caution and we got a two-time Indy 5 yeah, champion. Yeah, that was a pretty good race. And um, and then the day before, it was the IMSA race. Yeah, that's right. It was the IMSA race at at VIR, which was a great was a great race. I think it was better than the Indy Five Hundred. The when you get the GT cars battling at VIR, uh, it's a great it's a great battle always in mm-hmm. GTLM and GTD. I mean, the Porsches blocked out the front row, and they battled with the BMWs the whole race, and you know what? Uh, Porsche's made a few mistakes or had a few issues. The leaders actually had tire issues twice. And uh, Antonio Garcia and Jordan Taylor once again lucked into a win. Um, but like I said last week, it, it's about being there, right? You got to be there to right. win the race. Right. And then in GTD, you had Robbie Foley and Bill Oberlin win for Turner Motorsports, making Bill Oberlin the mo- winningest driver in IMSA with 61 victories which is that's huge wow yeah absolutely but it was a you know it was it was just a good dog fight battle for everybody you know there's some contact but vir is tight and um it always like i said it always provides great racing just wish the oak tree was still there (laughs) and in a couple weeks we have road america road atlanta uh yeah yeah and uh and then charlotte 
Yeah, we have Road America, or sorry, Road Atlanta, uh, September 4th to 6th, and then no Mid-Ohio next, and then Charlotte, and uh, and then back to Road Atlanta, and then back to, and then to WeatherTech Laguna Seca. And we'll we'll have it all here for the, our listeners. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it all, and I'll make sure I watch it, and uh, we'll definitely have your side of things in the weeks to come here on the wide world motorsports podcast perfect that sounds great i can't wait looking forward to it and that wraps it up for another edition of the wide world of motorsports podcast we'd like to thank our guest today trayton lapsevich for giving us some time on the show also we'd like to thank our weekly contributors and co-hosts the pepe and michael wallace be sure to check out other episodes of the wide world of motorsports podcast on demand on youtube and as well as spotify and apple podcasts we are also on social media at the wwoms on facebook twitter instagram and twitch if you have any questions concerns comments or complaints or if you liked what you heard today and want our podcast on your radio station or website, email us at wideworldofmotorsports at gmail.com. And always remember, the only race that matters is the race on the track.